Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are fractal? If you use a microscope to zoom way in an armadillo, you'll see many smaller armadillos <laughs> that are part of it. And if you zoom way out on the, any armadillo, you'll see that we're all on a giant armadillo. I did not know that. <laughs> For more interesting armadillo facts like this and to unlock bonus content, check us out at www.patreon.com slash club. You're listening to Muggles with Attitude. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Micah Sparkman. And I'm Jeff Lake. Today we are reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the second book in the series. We'll be covering chapters 6 through 10. Previously, Harry hopes the threat of his shotgun fingers will make his home life a little bit better, but the Dursleys are still pretty terrible. Harry learns he is a creepy fanboy who shows up and ruins Uncle Vernon's racist repartee. We have a daring aerial automotive rescue, and Harry visits the operational center of the Weasley Crime Syndicate. Harry learns that dark wizards have all the coolest toys, and that he get, can use his celebrity to get all sorts of sweet perks. Uh, cutting lines, getting free shit, it's pretty great. Uh, drunk with power, Harry steals a flying car and crashes it into Hogwarts, and Snape's all like, anyone? No one? No one cares? Okay, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> I feel like your your perspective is a little biased here. No, no. I mean, I think this is I think this is a pretty pretty clean read on Harry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chapter six, Gilderoy Lockhart. So the chapter does not start out well for Ron. He gets a howler from his parents. Yeah, and this this seems like an actually pretty effective remote like punishment tool. Yeah, like, I wouldn't want to get one of these. Yeah, no, I mean, like I was I, at first I was thinking about it, I was like ah you know whatever so you get screamed out a little bit but no this is like in front of the entire school, you have this thing screaming at a piercing level. It's so pretty embarrassing. You could make an app for this, right? Yeah. In the real world? Oh, yeah. For parents to, like, yell at their children on their phone? Oh, so, man. You heard yeah. it here first, guys. <laughs> You'd have to find a way to make it override, like, the do not disturb settings or, like, the silence on your phone. But yes, if you could do that... It'd be great. Mm -hmm. Well, I was thinking, though, because Ron is really embarrassed by all this, and I get that being chewed out by your mom is embarrassing, but she's chewing him out for stealing a car, which is actually pretty cool, you know? <laughs> like, don't you think that everybody else would be impressed that he did this? Well, we know they were. Like, at the end of the last chapter, I think they got kind of like an applause or something. So, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, because it's, it's so loud, it screams to the whole banquet hall, and everybody can hear it. It's kind mm -hmm. of like she's screaming... Stop being so awesome! Stop doing all that badass crime! <laughs> That's what I heard. But, okay, this is... And, and most of her, her complaints are legitimate, but let's be honest, when she mentions the inquiry at work... That's not entirely Ron's fault. I mean, there should be a fucking inquiry into Mr. Weasley's magic car that he has, even though he's, like, the person who's supposed to be, like, investigating this shit. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> not fair. Yeah, exactly. Entirely your fault that he's under inquiry. Eh, not entirely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's reel that you one back. Just you bring bit. The, blame the twelve-year-old for that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's about it, though. Really. So things just keep getting worse for Ron, though, because like he gets yelled at by his parent, his mom, and then he has this broken wand, and this is something that really disturbs me about the Harry Potter world. 
you need to have a proper wand if you're going to do magic. And Ron is poor, so he doesn't have a good wand. Like, that mm-hmm. just seems super unfair to me. Or, like, on the um, Quidditch team, the Weasleys, they have to use the school brooms, which are old and shitty. But if you have a really sweet broom, then you're going to do way better, which is also unfair to me. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons Harry's... I mean, not the only reason. He's probably a skilled flyer, but he has, like, the best broom of anyone in the Quidditch game, right? Yeah. Or probably anyone at the school. He's just like Yeah, that's, even though he has no skill because he's been in like five games. <laughs> <laughs> he's just faster than everybody. Until now. Yeah. Seems well, super unfair. That's just like it is in the real England, right? <laughs> the more money you have, the better equipment you have, the better a start in life you get. I don't know. I mean, like, there are... In most sports, I would say that your equipment makes a difference, but not like all the difference. Like the, I would say it's like you know a one percent difference over. But but if you if you have two people with like extremely disparate skill, the equipment's not going to make that much difference, right? Well, it kind of begs the question: How much skill do you actually have to have in that game, and how much of it is just you need to be good at flying a broom? Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about this a bit. This sport is a little bit closer to motorsports than it actually is to regular sports. Because you're you're operating a device and you're primarily operating that device and your your physical capability has very little to do with it, mm-hmm. which is why it, it works well as a co-ed sport. Mm-hmm. In motorsports, it's uh, that's a whole big part of the competition is having a better car, except for like stock car racing. I don't know. It'd be sort of like if you were doing if you were playing polo, but on instead of on a horse, you were on a motorcycle or something, right? Uh, but it, in polo, you have better horses, right? Yeah, that's true. All right, so it's like polo. I guess so. Yeah, wizard polo. Wizard polo. Yeah. Sure. But getting back though, the broken the broken wand one is the one that really bugs me. There should be some sort of something set up so that he could get a new one. I'm not sure that it's necessarily exclusive. I mean, like we know that money's a factor, but we're, I'm not sure that it's exclusively that because I think Ron mentions that he could write home to his parents and they'd probably replace the wand for him. But he's uh, he's worried about pissing his mom off further. Yeah. Because so. he broke it crashing the car into the. Whomping willow. Whomping willow. Right. Which so, apparently is a... It's bad to damage the whomping willow. They, they bandage the whomping willow? <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently uh, <clears throat> Mr. Lockhart had them bandage the whomping willow, so whether that's actually the right thing to do is hard to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because he's a smarmy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. literally, he probably fucks wizarding moms, it seems like. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, lots yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably has a book about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> My meanderings in, in motherfucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> meanderings in motherfucking. Wow. Written by Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, I mean, what? I mean, yeah. What? What about? What is supposed to happen here? Do you think that the school should give him one, or what? What? What if there's a magical student that is even poorer than Ron and has no wand? They like, what if there's a, a wizard born of Muggles that? He's born of really poor muggles that can't afford one. Then they should have some sort of stipend set up so that every kid at least gets the most basic stuff. I would yeah. bet that that Hogwarts has some sort of endowment. I mean, like, people don't pay to go there, you know? Mm-hmm. Harry didn't pay to go there. Yeah, I was going to mention this. They One of the characters that we meet in these chapters mentions that his other option was to go to Eton. Mm-hmm. So that's the comparable, right? He chose Hogwarts over Eaton. Yeah. And Eaton is super ritzy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is? Yeah, oh, yeah, the school where, like, all the princes go oh. in England. But, yeah. I mean, it's basically along the lines of, like, sending a kid to do calculus. Instead of having a graphing calculator, they have, like, an abacus, you know, that has all the beads falling off. Mm. He doesn't have the tools he needs. Yeah, that, I think that's that's uh, that's legitimate. And um, it's, again, I, I think it's played a little comically in the, mm-hmm. in the book. But I, yeah. I think it really would be pretty sad for, you know. 
Yeah, it totally would. But poor Ron. But we uh, we get our first um, herbology lesson, which is a lot of fun. Oh man, I just I would love Professor Sprout's class. Like mm -hmm. the, like every every time we introduce like a creature or or like a magical flora thing, I'm like, man, this is this is fun. And so I I mean like they they, they complain about this shit, but like. This would be probably my favorite classes, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like repotting mandrakes. There's like this little tentacle. What was it? The venomous tentacular or something? Yeah. Was. Was like, <laughs> That's oh, trying man. to sneak up on them. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Love them. But mandrakes, they have a some sort of history, right? They're an actual plant, but they've been said to have magical powers. It's a... Yeah, it's, it's supposedly... It's because the, the root of them kind of looks like a little person mm -hmm. sometimes when you know it grows with the right amount of limbs. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, people thought it had some kind of. There, <laughs> I'm going to be like the disgusting fact thing today. A, a school of magical thought believes that the the mandrake is created where when a hanged man ejaculates on the ground because hanged men sometimes ejaculate when they're just hung. Hmm. Uh, it's, just like, it, it's just like a yeah, like a nervous system thing. Oh, it's and, not. And good. where that ejaculate falls on the ground, there grows a mandrake. Uh, a mandrake. <laughs> <laughs> Lapsus lingua. Uh, and so that, and then you go like dig that up, and then it, it has like magical life and death powers. Oh, okay, cool. But but in reality, it's just like a root. Does it have to be a dead person who jacks off on the ground? Because I mean, like it seems like it'd be it's really the idea is it's like the life leaving a dead man or something. Oh, okay. It's all metaphorical or bullshit symbolism. Nah, okay. No, okay. But Meta also, it's fake. <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. We've determined that this is fact. <laughs> We're. We're all Interesting. Now, where can here? I find a hangman in it? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but it turns out I don't think any of the other professors like Lockhart. They can tell he's kind of a phony. He's pissing them off. I, yeah, you know, they keep saying that, you know, people aren't lasting very long in the teacher of the dark arts position. Yeah. Maybe they just pick somebody they don't like. Maybe. And they're all just sort of waiting for him to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah, I mean, the, the, <clears throat> the position does seem to be cursed, right? Yeah, it does. Seems like they're having a lot of trouble. They keep having to get new people. I mean, what happened to that guy last year who had the position? Didn't he like? That was Quirrell. He was like, burned I was alive. trying to make some, yeah, burned alive. That was it. Burned alive. Yeah, yeah that's rough. Yeah, yeah. His, his, By so, one of the students. <laughs> yeah, one of the, yeah, one students. Of the students put his burning hands into his face and killed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's weird. But luckily, it was at the end of the semester, so, <laughs> so they didn't have to replace him until this year. Because <laughs> it's really hard to hire mid-semester. That's all. Yeah, well, yeah, and. Uh, Lockhart pulls Harry basically out of this class, and and he keeps trying to, I don't know, Bigfoot around on Harry, like you're trying to teach him, like this is how you be real famous, kid. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lockhart seems to be like an idiot, although he is famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was very famous. Yeah, it's that smile. And it makes me really happy too. So the little kid Colin, who just idolizes Harry, takes pictures of him, and I I love wizard pictures. I love them so much. He's talking <laughs> about how he takes the picture and of Harry and Lockhart and. Lockhart in the picture is trying to drag Harry so you could actually see him and like Harry's refusing so it's funny I like it yeah it is funny it's I wonder cute. if you could if you get information secret information out of somebody by taking a photo of them and seeing what their their photo has to say oh, can the photos talk uh, I mean they, they can sign right oh, that's true, that's true. <laughs> but I love it they have their first defense against the dark arts class and they have to do a 54 question test which is all about Gilderoy Lockhart yeah I'm beginning to suspect this particular defense against the dark arts class is not going to be very useful. Yeah, probably not going to work out. And I know from college, when you have a professor who assigns his own books for your reading, it's going to suck. Yeah. 
But yeah, so this, so this is actually stalker number two for Harry this year, by the way. Wait, Colin Creevy? Oh, that's right. And Ginny has a huge thing for him, too. Oh, I was going to say, uh, what's his name? The, the house elf. Oh, Dobby. Oh, Dobby. Dobby. Yeah. The creepy stalker. This, this seems to be the theme of this book is fame. Yeah. We're seeing kind of two sides of it with Harry, who doesn't want it, but it's thrust upon him, and, and Lockhart, who's desperate to be famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I totally agree. But at least Colin doesn't show up in his bedroom in the wearing-only pillowcase. <laughs> well, we don't know what happens in <laughs> further <point>. books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I guess he has access to the common rooms. That's a, a Gryffindor, so Harry better watch himself. Yeah, well, mm. the book, When He Turns 17, is just Harry Potter and the Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, but yeah, the, uh, Professor Lockhart is just about as good as everybody thought he would be. He manages to let loose a lot of pixies who kind of just destroy everything and he runs out and yeah, leaves them to clean here? up the mess. I have no idea. I think he doesn't think about that shit much. You know, he's just like, yeah, he's, it's, it's difficult to tell how much he's in on his own incompetence, like how much he's aware of how bad he is. Okay. I, I had a severe whiplash in this chapter because at first I thought, this guy is my favorite wizard. Mm-hmm. He's hilarious, mm-hmm. right? He's like an idiot. He says interesting things. He's always fun. And then I realized he's Trump. Mm, you think so? Yeah. He's got big, stupid hair. He's a total moron. But he, he keeps failing upward because he has this constant stream of blather and lies that, <sighs> that enough people buy into that he succeeds. And he's got a whole bunch of books which he probably hasn't actually written himself. Exactly. <clears throat> interesting. Right, well, he's not. He does. He's not who he pretends to be. Not even a little bit. He's just like he's just like a name and a face. Yeah, and if you if you don't buy into his act, you, it, it's bizarre why anybody would from the outside because mm-hmm. he's so obviously transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Well, the it seems like most of the students realize that he's that he's just a empty shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Except for Hermione. Except for Hermione, who's super into him. He's so pretty. You I know, know burgeoning. Preteen sexuality? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, they're, they're 12. I guess for some folks, that's probably, it starts around that time. Yeah. Yeah, rough. But she even guessed that his secret ambition is to rid the world of evil and market his own range of hair care products. <laughs> that seems easier. Is that really a secret? <laughs> is it a secret ambition? Yeah, I guess not. But uh, chapter seven, My Bloods and Murmurs. Whoa, uh, I don't think we should say that word. Yeah, oh, that's, that's rough. and whispers? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> that's a good joke. Yeah, but we have our first Quidditch practice of the season. Colin Creevy is there, still creeping. Yeah, he's getting more aggressive. So, like, you know, before this I was thinking, you know, Dobby's probably worse. But now I don't know. I mean, like, this might actually be worse than the semi-dude magic-wielding monster stalker. Yeah, maybe, but the thing is, Dobby has this weird and powerful magic that we don't know anything about, which I mean, would be scary to Colin me. has a camera. A really irritating camera. Yeah, <laughs> but he's also, he's like a very very badly trained wizard. Because he's, true. you know, little. That's true, his magic powers are a little weak at this point. Yeah. But yeah, Quidditch practice sucks, it sounds like. What it is, is they're, they're going out there trying to get like an early start, and they, you know, signed out the field and everything, and then, uh, I think it's just what... Yeah, yeah. Uh, they get a note from Snape where he's just like, they can practice instead of you, which is bullshit to me. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you get a note from a professor and you can just like break whatever rules you want. Sure, whatever. It, it turns out Draco is the seeker for the Slytherins now because he bought his way on that stupid team. But that's that's great news. He sucks. Yeah. He'll, he'll never keep up with Harry. And, that is true. And Harry, you know, his 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 broomstick is only a little bit faster than Harry's. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the team has him now too, though. 
But none of that matters. <laughs> the only thing that matters is the secret. Okay, that's a, that's a valid point. Yeah, that's a valid point. The rest of the game is irrelevant. Harry's a better flyer, has a similar room to Malfoy. Yep. All right. Yeah, but it, uh, Hermione has a pretty good comeback, though. They're trying, Malfoy's trying to make fun of them for having old, shitty brooms, and she says, at least nobody on the Gryffindor team had to buy their way on. Which, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I think Malfoy like, feels that one, too. Like, he knows that's true. You know? Oh, he totally does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But and, I, I did find this frustrating that, like, this is a sport that you could pay to, like, be good at or something, you know? I think you're, what, what you're saying about it being, like, a motocross sport is making a lot more sense to me. Yeah, right. That's... that's my understanding is that's how it works for like F1 racers. Mm-hmm. You just have to be really rich yeah. when you're a kid to, to be able to spend all the time to go into the system. And you have to spend a lot of time racing and racing is really expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this whole team of people like that, that build the car. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a faster car, you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean like that's, and that with, with F1 there's, I guess, fewer restrictions. Like NASCAR, it's like stock cars. So there's only so much you can do. Is that the idea? Like with, Yeah. But with F1, it's just like, the more money you can pour into it, the better car you're There's a lot more restrictions these days, uh, is my understanding. But uh, Hermione Zinger, like you said, really hits Malfoy, and he calls her a mudblood. Which Harry's never heard of before. Drops the M-bomb. Yeah, the (laughs) M-bomb. But Ron, being awesome, immediately tries to stand up for her in defense. And he tries to jinx Malfoy, which does not end up working out well for him. Yeah, this, this, uh, this particular... Jinx, curse, whatever. It might be one of the most horrible things we've seen so far. Like, can you imagine, like, having slugs pouring out your throat? No. That sounds yeah. horrible. This is horrible. I love this. This like, is so gross. <laughs> just thinking about this made me, like, a little bit nauseous. I was like... But it doesn't harm you permanently, right? Yeah, that's it just gives you a really bad day. It's a really unpleasant experience, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, Colin and comes in. it lasts in a long time. It lasts hours and hours. Uh, it yeah. seems to, yeah. I think it lasts most of the afternoon. And this started in the morning, so... Yeah. Going, going for a while, but yeah, Colin, Colin comes in trying to uh, take pictures. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, but they they go over to Hagrid to try and get some help, and Ron, they we we get to an important part of this where Ron is kind of explaining about the division between the wizards who think that you should only marry within wizard families, and then people like Ron and his family who think that it's okay to intermarry with Muggles. Not that they do. Not that they do, but they could. We'll find out later when we learn more about the world. There are people. There are wizards. We have examples of wizards who marry non-magical people. And we do learn learn more about what we suspect that the, that the Malfoys are, you know, of course, the wizard Fox News watching racist that we know they are, right? <laughs> I don't know what the wizard version of that is. but Yeah. But Ron's argument is we know uh, being pure blood doesn't make a difference. And then he's like, look at Neville. He's pure blood and he's worthless. Aww. He's really mean. Poor Neville. But yeah. it's a really strong point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Neville, maybe he's just super like inbred. <laughs> yeah. um, but Hagrid's super nice about it, and like you know, he's yeah. Hagrid's great. Hagrid out. points out that that the reason they hired because they, they ask him why they hired Gilderoy Lockhart, that guy's a clown, mm-hmm. and he said because he's the only one that wanted the job. No one else wants to do the job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which makes sense, right? Last guy got his face burned off. Mm-hmm. And then apparently, you know, in Quirrell hadn't been in the position long either. I don't know what, we don't know the history of that position. He was a new teacher too. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. what happened to the last one? Exactly. It's a good they question. probably die every year. That's, that's the implication. We don't know for sure, but it seems to be implied that every year they have to get a new teacher. <laughs> Messing with the dark arts, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but you know, you know, Hagrid isn't supposed to use magic, but um, it sounds like he gets away with it all the time. You know, like there's there's another situation here where we he's got his pink umbrella, and um, I wonder about that. You know, like we find out from Hagrid mentions that he's he's you know even been expelled. He's not supposed to use his magic, but you know he seems to use that umbrella all the time. And I wonder what what does he have that like lets him. Oh right, he has a connection, right? He has this connection. Oh to his, yeah, he has this good friend in powerful friends places. in high places. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, connection with Gryffindor, which seems to have a lot of clout in the ruling class of Hogwarts. Yeah, you mean Dumbledore? I, well, isn't he Gryffindor? He's the headmaster. But wasn't he Gryffindor? He was. Yeah, I mean, I so see what you're we could assume, <laughs> right? Oh, Gryffindor is like the is like the ruling class. Yeah, he yeah Hagrid is a loyalist. Yeah, all right. So it's okay for him to use his... his right, yeah. It's okay for Harry Potter to steal a car and crash it into the Wolfing Willow. Because he's a Gryffindor. That's right. These oh. books got layers. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, they have to serve detention, Ron and Harry do, after yeah. crashing the car. I have to say that this detention seems significantly less life-threatening than the than our previous detention. <laughs> you mean when they went into the Forbidden Forest to find the evil monster that was killing unicorns? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So that was like the last detention, and this one is what? What do they have? Ron has to like scrub Silver, and Harry has to help Gilderoy answer his fan mail. Yeah. Yeah, that seems much lighter. I I, I got to be honest. Like, if I went to a school like Hogwarts, I'd probably just like do something every once in a while, just to roll the detention dice and just see what the fuck happens. Well, because remember yeah. why they got detention last time? For sneaking out at night, right? Yeah, for being out of their their dorm rooms at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they were sent to the Forbidden Forest, and this time they stole a car, drove it across the uh, entire just... United Kingdom, had people see them, which yeah. breaks a bunch of rules. Like federal Government wizard, rules. Yeah. yeah, federal wizard rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then they have to polish some t- trophies inside yeah. some fan letters. They're like, you better not cross the line again, Ari, or you'll have to ride a dragon to Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they say. Because, like, yeah, I mean, like, if I went to this school, I just want to see what crazy shit they came up with for detention, because it okay. sounds like... If I was anything. cynical, I would say this was a cover-up. Uh, because of the car thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't punish him too severely, because then they have to admit that he stole a flying car, mm-hmm. and that another uh, Gryffindor loyalist, the... Arthur Weasley owns the car. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to pretend that car never existed mm. and they're going to give him a slap on the wrist. That we haven't seen the car since, right? It just disappeared. It's mm-hmm. gone. No evidence. That's true. No evidence, no crime, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but while Harry is sitting there and it's getting real late and he's getting real tired answering the fan mail and Mashin Sin shows up. Yeah, that's oh, right. wait, sorry. Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. <laughs> Check out our other podcast, <laughs> The Dragon Reread. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just showing Alice this. I wrote exactly the same thing on my notes. <laughs> it's like, this sounds just like Machin Shin. My God, yeah. who let him out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> they ended up in Hogwarts. That's awful. <laughs> come, come to me. Let me rip you. Let me tear you. Let me kill you. I want to drink your blood, break your bones. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's Machin Shin again. <laughs> yeah. Can't really tell the difference. Mm-mm. This is super dark. Uh-huh. It is really dark. There's not a whole lot of explicit murder. In this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except when Harry kills his teacher. I mean, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, it. That was yeah. the only murder in the first book, right? That we know of? Yeah. <laughs> um, but chapter eight, the death day party. And I was really excited about discussing this with you, Jeff, because I thought this was the sort of thing you would find really entertaining, but I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's okay. cool. Okay, okay, yeah. dead guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I, on the one hand, I think it's... I like all the... the the ghosts and all mm-hmm. the different ways they died and like the I think they're, they're really fun characters on the other hand what 
like this is the worst hell I can imagine. Being a ghost? No, where if, if you die and you become a ghost and you have to live in the same place you were when you were alive and you do the same stupid shit, you go to boring parties mm. forever. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's a nightmare. Some people call that tenure. <laughs> <laughs> but at the beginning of this chapter, I do want to point, this is like a super minor thing, but I want to point this out. Madame Pomfrey has a potion that cures colds. She does. Does it seem like something you might want to share with the world? Right. You don't even have to tell them it's magic. Just mass produce this, and yeah. you would you would save thousands and thousands of lives a year in Britain alone. Not to mention, you could make billions of dollars on something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be such a sorry such a, billions of nuts and cr- galleons, doubloons, galleons. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that that does beg the question, though. Potions. Can you do potions without? having magic we, we 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 talked about this in the the first uh book too and we never came to a good conclusion on that because to me the answer is yes mm-hmm. i mean we have these uh these books that are like really fancy recipes with really like odd ingredients so granted a muggle could probably ne- get never get their hands on like uh boom slang skin yeah. or something mm-hmm. right yeah that might be it they, they could be inherently magical ingredients that there's no way to get without magic yeah. but if you as a muggle were grant were were able to procure a supply of these ingredients, could you run a potion shop? Man, I would totally do that. Yeah, I mean, that'd be the way to go, right? Just get patents on all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so they end up going to nearly headless Nick's death day party. But it's really, the reason they, they go is actually kind of sad. It is sad. Nearly headless Nick is nearly headless, which means that he can't go hang out with the headless ghosts. <laughs> yeah. the, they have the a whole headless, headless club. Yeah, I know. there's like a dozen of them, and they go around riding together, and they play games that you can only play if your head is detached. Yeah, and your body. the party doesn't start till they walk in. They seem really fun. That's right. They roll up, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's the headless, the headless and the, Yeah, and they're wearing they're riding uh, ghost horses, which is cool. I, yeah. I just like, and there's nothing that nearly headless Nick can do about it because he's a ghost, and that means he can never change, right? Yeah, right. I, I was mean, like, is there a ghost sword he could just like sever the rest? Can of you his... dig up his body and like finish the job? I, I mean, I don't think he has a body anymore. At this yeah, point, it's been hundreds of years. But I, I have to say, they're right. You know, he can't participate. They're rules playing are like rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. To well, Jeff's point, like they're they're playing headless polo or something. He can't play that. Yeah, like he'd be sitting on the sidelines. I think it's more just like wanting to be belong and be accepted but he's right yeah having been an outsider for like 500 years that's kind of kind of suck ghost problems you know yeah that's why he hangs out with all these kids right they don't know how lame he is (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh he's like the really creepy guy who keeps hanging around the high school after he's graduated (laughs) yeah for 400 years (laughs) for 400 years yeah but um nearly headless nick helps harry out though he's about to get punished by uh filch for bring dragging much mud in or something um, but Harry finds out that he is a squib, so that answers your question. Mm-hmm. There are some people born in magical families who can't do magic, which mm. is super sad. Yeah, and they're uh, not not ostracized exactly, but definitely like, I guess, looked down on in some ways. Yeah, yeah. they're not ostracized, but they never get to live a full and happy, complete, satisfying life. I do have to. I, I have to <laughs> ask though. So we know that Filch can't do magic. Yeah. But he like Mrs. Norris seems to have. Can, is Mrs. Norris magic? Like, whenever she shows up, like, he knows what's going on, right? I mean... That's a good question. How would, how, how, how would that work? That's sees a great... through her eyes. Or she can talk to him. Maybe <gasps> he's she's... the Beastmaster. Oh, maybe. Oh, he right. sees through her eyes. I she wish I couldn't talk to these animals. I wish I could do magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, why does Filch hang around this school, then? 
if he can't do magic. Oh, I mean, Honestly, that's the like, only world he knows. Yeah, it'd probably be hard maybe, for... Maybe he didn't... He doesn't actually have a real education, you know? Can't read, can't do math. I mean, if he well, didn't get to go to Hogwarts, what did end up happening to did, him? Did, did he, he teach to, reading or Hogwarts? Did he go to Hogwarts? Hogwarts? Filch? Yeah, did he, he not? He wouldn't have, because he doesn't... He can't do magic. I thought it was that he went to school and flunked out, was the idea. Because he's trying to do this, like, correspondence course, right? It was my understanding. I, I think that the correspondence course is... I, I don't think it actually. I don't think you can learn magic if you're not a wizard. So I think it's a scam. I do. I think it's a total scam. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's probably like a, like a pyramid scheme, you know. But if you're if you're a non-wizard, raised in a wizard wizarding family, as we've discussed previously, there's nothing in the wizarding world that's going to give you like useful life skills. Yeah. So where else is he going to go? He doesn't know how to do any normal, muggle things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I think he's kind of just like stuck in the wizard world. So I have a question about this party. The the headless hunt blows a horn before it comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does the mouth blow the horn or does the neck hole blow the horn? <laughs> Asking the important questions. I, I, I believe it is the mouth that blows the horn, which doesn't make any sense because it's not attached to the lungs. But they are ghosts, so I guess like it's probably ghost horn too, right? Yeah, they probably have those magical, like the, the bull horns that people bring to sports games. Oh, that's probably <laughs> They just have that, but it's magic. It never runs out. Oh, wow. That's the worst kind of magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only saving grace of those things is that they eventually run out of their screaming gas or whatever. Right. And I think, is that where we meet Moaning Myrtle for the first time? Very yeah. briefly, yeah. Yeah. And she, who haunts a toilet? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I know, being stuck haunting a toilet is, like, pretty humiliating, right? Mm-hmm. They, like, they, they, they play Moaning Myrtle as kind of like a, like a character who's, like, it's her fault that she's sad in a way. But, like, man, I would not blame... I would be... Super sad. If, well, it's where she killed is. herself. And she knew about ghosts. She could have killed herself in like a spa or something. We don't know that. Do we know that she killed herself? Didn't she? Isn't that the thing? She, didn't she hang herself She in said that? she was thinking... No, no, no. Because she's, she's talking now about how she was sitting on her toilet, haunting her toilet, thinking about killing herself. And then Ron's like, well, you're already dead, so you can't do that. Oh, I thought she did kill herself there. I, I don't think we know how she I, died. She, yeah, it hasn't, hasn't been said. Mm-mm. But I have to say, other than the um, rotting food, the death day party actually does sound kind of cool. I don't know. I want to show up there. I mean, like, yeah. you know, there's lots of ghosts. There's like... They know lots of historical stuff. I mean, I bet they have lots of cool stories that they're tired... That everybody's tired of each other's stories, so they'd be happy to talk to. Yeah, I would love that. That would be amazing. Yeah. Why, why is the history professor not bringing them into class and having them tell their stories? That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. It's better than history. <laughs> but that's interesting, though, because... If they're able to travel, ghosts aren't locked down to any one particular place. So Moaning Myrtle is at the girls' toilets because she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So you, you could you don't maybe she's Moaning Myrtle because she's got IBS. That oh. might be it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all her time. That's Aww. rough. Yeah, it's really rough. It's hard. Yeah. So the you know the the death day party does sound like fun. The rotting food might be a little bit much, and I'm I'm kind of like a, a little mad at Nick because he invited like living people to his party. It's kind of inconsiderate as a host if you don't like provide accommodate diets right well, I disagree I'm, you don't think you should provide like okay living food if you're like if you're a vegan yeah. and you have a party and most of your friends are vegans but you invite some non-vegans you don't provide meat food well the difference is <laughs> non-vegans can eat vegan food they can't eat ghost food i mean yeah, that's can't true. they well okay <laughs> if, i don't think they should if you're a meat eater and you invite vegans to your party you don't give a shit. I don't have friends who are vegans. <laughs> so, just I, I usually provide vegan fare if I invite vegans <laughs> no, to my that's, party. No, that's just totally polite. Right. 
<laughs> but uh, they're leaving the party, and Harry hears the the voice again. So hungry, rip, tear, kill, and they start chasing after it. He does the thing that you should do, right? Is you run towards the sound that's saying, "I'm going to kill and tear you apart," and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. He, he doesn't tell his friends why they're doing it. Mm-mm. Here, let's go this way. <laughs> yeah, it's going to kill somebody, and they have no idea what he's talking about. The thing goes after a cat. Okay, hold on. This is fucked up. Come on, going after his cat? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they so they find a big, mysterious, creepy wall that says the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, air beware. And yeah, there's Miss Norris. This there's school is question, full of... Per- oh, what? I'm curious, though, because it says she's hanging by her tail from the torch bracket. How'd she get up there? We don't know. I mean, someone must have put her up there. Yeah, someone must have hung the cat from the thing. Probably whoever... Paralyze the cat, I assume? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I, Especially when you have this okay. school full of perfectly good children to paralyze and you go after a cat. <laughs> Setting aside the morality of petrifying a cat, if I had a petrified cat, I would hang it from something. <laughs> right? It'd be cool. I mean, what, are you going to just leave it on the ground? Yeah, right? I mean, maybe I'd pose it on like a something like it's jumping or something, or maybe like try and set it up like a bear. Ah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Set, setting aside everything else, uh-huh. if you had Not a that you would cat, petrify a cat. I would never petrify a cat. I'm, okay. It's very unlikely that I would petrify a cat. <laughs> that's good job. <laughs> Thanks for the qualifier there. So, okay. I, 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 I suspect that whoever is doing all the petrifying wanted the cat to be found. If you have like a black cat lying in a corner, it might, you know, blend into the shadows. They have to hang it for something. Yeah, that's that's my only guess, is it? I guess. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And Draco shows up and is super, super suspicious. Yeah, and he misses no opportunity to, like, drop his newly learned racial slur, I guess. Yeah, drop the M word again. <laughs> yeah. Which brings us to Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. And everybody shows up to see poor Mrs. Norris. I know. Dumbledore so, narrowly prevents a murder. This is, what is this, like Halloween? Yeah. So this is only a couple months into the term, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they already Harry Potter and team are causing a great stir with evil doings. Yeah, seems like. Hmm. Well, I mean, they started the the semester off by crashing a flying car into a, <laughs> into the school. So you know, it's like, where are you going to go from there, right? That's right. Murder. <laughs> Again. Oh wait, I guess they did murder last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Murder. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest hits. Split <laughs> it again. Yeah, by Dumbledore. Finds out Ms. Norris has been petrified. She's not dead. That's a relief. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna... It's They can't just immediately un, unpetrify them. There's something that has to happen, right? Yeah, Dumb, to Dumbledore attempts to do some like magic pokings, I assume, and mm-hmm. determines that he's not able to cure it, which I assume he's able to do a lot of things with his great and powerful magics. Yeah, well, this is where the mandrakes come from. It says as soon as the mandrakes reach their full size, um, Dumbledore has a potion that will unpetrified Miss Norris. And here's something that drives me insane. Harry is with McGonagall. He's with Dumbledore. He's with all these people who have knowledge and power. And he doesn't say anything about the voices he heard. I wrote the same thing. This is one of those situations where it's probably better to just like share information. Just, you know something, you you have information that no one else has, you tell them. Yeah. And Dumbledore and McGonagall have never been anything but trustworthy. They've there's no reason to keep things from them. I don't understand. And I think this is really weak here because Harry asks his friends, should I have told him about the voice? And Ron says, no, hearing voices no one else can hear isn't a good sign even in the wizarding world. Which, Which sounds... is a weak reason. Yeah, that's that's pretty bullshit. Because I mean, like, I can think of just like, I can, probably 10 reasons that so you could hear something that someone else couldn't hear. It could be like, 
a creature. It could like there's all kinds of things. A right? ghost who's like out of sight or making themselves invisible, or somebody who is actually invisible because you know they can do that. That's yeah. a thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like there's lots of reasons that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I agree. Uh, this is this is kind of a common young adult trope where it's like the kids know something and they can't trust the adults. But I feel like it's in this situation with this book with these adults it's, it's a little weak because mm-hmm. like you're right Dumbledore and McGonagall are people that uh, clearly like are rooting for Harry Potter and would be like happy to help him even if he's done something horrible so mm-hmm. you know in this case it'd be easy it'd be an easy sell for him to yeah say, look I'm hearing these voices and like they'd want to find out how what's going on I guess the only thing I have is he isn't used to he, he has never had a healthy relationship with an adult before. He hasn't had parents, so he doesn't... Yeah. Maybe... Well, why would I tell Dumbledore? He'll just punch me in my face and lock me in my room for three days. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> that's, that's true. So maybe... So, Jeff, your, your previous question, how does Harry Potter function in normal society? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's the, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. These are the signs of, you know, his abuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is... You know, there's a lot of stories that have a, a young person setting out on an adventure and learning about the world this is why they generally have dead parents yeah that trope is really common mm-hmm. it's because they have no there's always the question like why don't they just tell their parents about this yeah. why does why a more capable person take care of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we also we have a scene here and I, and I wanted to ask you guys this because this is something I don't know we have a scene where Ron is measuring his homework and this is one of those things where I can't tell if this is like a Harry Potter wizard thing or if this is a British thing to have your homework have to be so many inches? Yeah, I mean, like, like I, I feel like that's a thing that might be a thing in, like, British boarding school or something. Well, you know that they're required, nobody uses computers. They're all required to use parchment scrolls. I yeah, assumed I that they, it was because they were using scrolls. Yeah, that makes sense. Can't tell if you guys are fucking with me or not. <laughs> no, I, British I, people use scrolls, right? So, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure they have computers. In the, in the British? In the British, in yes. The British in the British, in the British, <laughs> in the realm of the Angle Prince. Land. <laughs> uh, but in Harry Potter world, they use scrolls. Yeah, so yeah. that makes sense. So you have to measure. With, I think that's what they're talking about. So it's like length instead of word count, or pages, can, or pages. Yeah. Even though word count would make more sense. They have books. But they have pages. There's no computers. They have to count the words to evaluate it. I mean, people used to have to do that back in the day, right? Yeah, the, when I was in elementary school, that was a thing. Wait, the, the teachers would count the words. I would count the words. Alice, would they actually count the words, or would they just eyeball it? eyeball 100 um but anyway they go to history of magic and this makes me really sad because i'm a social studies person and every single per everybody has had the bad experience with the really boring history teacher and jk rowling just gives us another really boring history teacher yeah. who just sits stands up there and he lectures and the only interesting thing literally the only interesting thing about this guy is that he's dead uh, i I don't think this... Okay, well, we have to accept that that's the way that she's written this character, but I think having a ghost history teacher would be awesome. Like, this person has lived the history. Only if it's a ghost that has ever left the school, right? Uh, mm-hmm. th- this uh, guy was a history teacher. Then he died, and he's still a history teacher. Mm-hmm. I guess know, he didn't do anything. Yeah. But, he's, but he's, like, experienced history to some degree, They should right? be talking, bringing in all these ghosts to talk about history. They should yeah, bring in the, bring the bloody baron and, like... What's that guy's story? I bet he saw some shit. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah they, they mentioned that he had blood on him and the blood was silver. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a ghost thing or if he was covered in silver blood. And that's, what, <laughs> what the hell is it, that? It is impossible to know, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, we've got Nearly Headless Nick. We have a guy who literally lives in the same place. 
who died in, I think he said 1492. Like, come on, bring him in. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I will point out, they interrupt this guy, but I personally, I want to hear about the International Warlock Convention of 1289. I, yeah, me too. I, I mean, even if he's a boring teacher, like, history of magic is going to be, like, objectively interesting, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder, yeah, what, what, what do warlocks talk about at a convention? Right? They probably invented magic or something. What is the convention about? All these questions that we never get answers to, Jeff. Mm -hmm. I know, it's disappointing. Uh, but Hermione interrupts Professor Binns and asks if he knows anything about the Chamber of Secrets. So we get a little bit of, a should, little bit of exposition here. They should do this every here. time, by the way. They just interrupt him every class and ask him about something you actually want to know about. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like, it worked, right? And, and, and like this is, a, this is actually a pretty clever approach because we know that this guy's been in the school for forever, right? Mm -hmm. As, you know, for hundreds of years. So if anyone's going to know about this stuff, it did be him, right? You know, he yeah. might just be like... It might only be two years. He might be the dark arts teacher. <laughs> <laughs> he might have once been the dark arts teacher, and they're like, well, you're dead now. So history, history, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, we learn more about the the founding of Hogwarts by the, by the four different houses. And I think it's really interesting what we learn about Slytherin. He says that he, think, he thinks magical learning should be kept within all magic families. He disliked taking students of muggle parentage, believing them to be untrustworthy. And this was all happening at a time when wizards were going underground. Yeah, this is, this is, I actually found this super interesting because although Slytherin, we learn, has kind of always been the way that they are, we understand that it actually kind of makes sense for them to be that way back then, you know, because there was like a fear of persecution. Mm -hmm. Like being a witch or a warlock back then meant being burned or drowned or yeah, hanged. I, think, I, mean. I think that was around the time when they did signed the International Statute of Secrecy where all, where, because it used to be that the non-magic people hold on and the magic sec. people. Just to be clear to our listeners, this is Harry Potter history, not history history. Just, What's the difference? <laughs> Good point. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. But so wizards and non-magical people used to just kind of coexist together. And then there was all this persecution. So that's when the wizards decided to become hidden. And so Slytherin was experiencing all of this to the point where I think that he built the chamber. I think he built this hidden chamber that they're talking about in legend. So as like it's as a, what's it called? The room where you... A panic room? Uh, like a panic room. That's oh. what I think it's like. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me because he was, he, was, he was not doing it out of hatred. He was doing it out of fear. Mm -hmm. So he was like trying to find a place, uh, like a... Uh, a bomb shelter for if something happened. That's what I think, because Jeff has been really forcing me to look closely at <laughs> no, as, at some of the things about these books that are really troublesome. Yeah, like that, what's that, the worst possible spin we can put on this? <laughs> <laughs> what would Jeff think about this? Why would Jeff hate this? <laughs> no, but you're right. Like why it? it I don't like this one-dimensional look at Slytherins as they're just assholes, um, mm -hmm. and that bo that does bother me. And I think you have a really good point about how it's betrayed. So it's interesting, kind of trying to look at these different perspectives to get a, I guess, a more f fleshed out understanding? Yeah, more three-dimensional yeah. Uh, yeah. perspective. I think Slytherin himself is a much more interesting character than the Malfoys. Yeah, the Malfoys are just rich jerks, but yeah. Slytherin had something going on. I mean, he must have had some great qualities. I want to know, so this guy's a jerk, right? Uh, or, or no, Slytherin. Slytherin appears to be like a jerk. I don't know jerk. he was necessarily a jerk. Well, I don't they say he was like... Yeah, you know, an asshole and, and selfish or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sure, I, I I think they said that. But uh, so why? How did it come to be that he teamed up with these three other people? I think mm -hmm. I think it was just the four greatest wizards of the era. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because it's a power yeah. thing. So that's a more interesting story. Like, why did those three other people team up with him if he's an asshole? And their 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 goals are at such odds with him. It's important to remember that, like, uh, although the Slytherins are written in the series as being generally pretty evil, like the qualities of their house are not inherently evil qualities. They're like, what is it? Uh, Cunning, ambition. Um, Alice knows, of course. Yeah, cunning ambition. There's another one, right? I think there's three. Slithering, I think. <laughs> yeah, a lot. That snake, snake loving. I don't know. <laughs> no, but but I mean, like they're they're not necessarily inherently evil traits. Like Slytherin does have quality. Like like even the Sorting Hat says, if you go to Slytherin, there are, there are going to be things that, are, that could make you a great wizard. Not necessarily an evil wizard, but a great wizard. Yeah. So that's that's what I think is really interesting. I like that. I would like to see the meeting where these four people sat down. And the and the guy from Gryffindor, uh, Godric Gryffindor, uh, do they all have to have alliterative names? Yeah, I think it's so. a magic role. I'm Hel- pretty Hel- sure. Hel- yeah, Rona Ravenclaw. Yeah, absolutely. Salazar Slytherin. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, where they sat down and they said, like, we don't see eye to eye with this guy, but his strength is real, and we think that the future generations of wizards are going to need what he's got. You know, we even though even though we know that our school will always be riven by this strife between the houses. This is the our best plan. Like that's that's interesting. So pretty much all Professor Binns knows is that apparently there's some sort of monster in there, and the heir of Slytherin can unseal the chamber of secrets, unleash the horror within, and use it to purge the school of all who were unworthy to study magic. And he, which is pretty sweet, like panic room. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's just like a bomb or something. <laughs> just go in there, hit the button. Yeah. But he stresses that. It's not real. Like he, like he is nothing historical or, or factual to support its existence. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a urban legend or like a you know school, you know, or school used to be a prison or whatever. Something that every I think high schooler likes to say. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. we said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, now everybody's looking weird sideways at Harry after he he was seen where um, Mrs. Norris was petrified and there's a scary note on the written on the wall and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so. people are avoiding him. Yeah, nobody yeah, likes are. abuse mean to cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Animal abusers. Boo. The worst. I mean, does the cat feel anything? Cats, yeah, probably. I mean, is it scared? Is it, does it know something that's going on right now? Is it aware? We don't know, but it could be. And if it is, it's probably really scared, Josh. I bet it liked being hung from that thing. <laughs> I bet it was like, I hate being petrified, but this is kind of funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if the cat's uh, awareness extends to, you know, humor? like, humor. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't <laughs> think cats would have a good sense of humor. Especially not about being hung from things. So when everybody is super suspicious of you, you definitely want to return to the scene of the crime. Just like you do, yeah. Yeah, which they do, and they see a bunch of spiders that are... Because they're immediately, they're like, let's go check out this chamber of secrets, which has the ancient evil in it. Mm -hmm. Let's not tell anybody about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if if we do, they might help us or something, I guess. Yeah, right. Like, we might accidentally tell Dumbledore, and he could just tell us the truth. (laughs) Dumbledore probably knows. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but right next to where the the wall writing was and where they discovered Mrs. Norris, it's uh, a girl's bathroom, and that happens to be where Moaning Myrtle hangs out. Yeah, no wonder Myrtle's so depressed. This place is a shithole. I mean, obviously, right. literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. It's a shitty toilet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's a bad toilet. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just super dank and depressing and dark. There's a door, like, hanging off the hinges. There's, like, everything's rust-spotted. It's a terrible toilet. <laughs> it really is. I know it's supposed to be funny, but I feel kind of sad for her. I, I don't I don't think it's funny. I, I, yeah, I mean, like, 
her character makes me a little a little you know, I, I, I pity she'd her probably be depressed wherever she was. You I know. suppose so. Mm-hmm. These things are our emotional state is generated from within us, not from without. That's fair. That's fair, Jeff. <laughs> they have an encounter with Percy, who busts them when they're hiding in this toilet. Percy yeah. sucks. Uh, I liked how they tried to be nice to Myrtle, but it just didn't work. And yeah. He, like, <laughs> flew into the toilet and hid in the toilet. Mm-hmm. That's just funny. I don't know. He's funny to me. God, Jeff. Just have some empathy for Myrtle. I mean, but she's funny. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're going to make her feel worse, right? She's already at maximum feeling bad. No. Oh, apparently at maximum feeling bad, she floods the toilet, so it hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh... But, yeah, Percy chews him out. Yeah. But they've, they've come up with a plan. To figure out what's uh, going on, they they figure that that Draco knows something. Well, right? he's he's been acting awfully suspicious, so they're totally. like, yeah. he could be the heir to Slytherin. He's got an old wizarding family. Who knows? Right. Yeah. And so they're gonna find out if that's the plan, and they come up with the most ridiculous plan. <laughs> this is like wizard spy games. It's fun. This yeah, they're, is great. they're gonna make Polyjuice potion mm-hmm. to transform themselves into Slytherins and mm-hmm. go talk to Draco. Which brings us to chapter ten, the Rogue Bludger. Yeah, we have this spy plan. Now we just need a mark. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they managed to trick uh, Lockhart into um, signing it off so they can get this really restricted book out of the library. Yeah, stage one of the highest zero hitches. It goes off really, really smoothly. Yeah, it does. They, it's for polyjuice potion, which will transform them. That's. This is such a bad plan. Why? They have to make this incredibly restricted, dangerous potion. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's why it's a bad plan. <laughs> they don't know how... They're not experts. This potion might have horrible side effects. What if they can't transform back? Come on. Hermione what if they get it wrong and they turn into a puddle of goo? They have Hermione. Okay, yeah, right. She's Over- really good at magic. <laughs> That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But, you know... But it's, it's so convoluted. Like, you could think of a lot of simpler plans to figure out what Draco's up to. Harry does have... An invisibility cloak. Just, yeah, right? Right? Wait, why do they need to transform? Have that? You haven't used it all year. They've been like they've been there for a few months now. I assume he's just using it to, you know, oh, yeah. to rub his little potter around. You know? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I mean, right? His, his Harry Potter. Uh, this may... <laughs> gross. I mean, this may not be the first time he's gone into the girls' bathrooms. Right? Yeah. yeah he, he, I mean, he, he seemed a little... Like, he was faking it a little bit. Like, oh, this bathroom is... Oh, I've never been in here before. It's so <laughs> awful. <sighs> but, uh, so so they, they, they get this book, you know, the way they intend to. And i got to say that, you know, I'm all for keeping your eye on the prize, but they're flipping through this book, and there's some of these potions that I think would be pretty useful. For example, there's one that uh, you can grow a bunch of hands out of your head. I think yeah, we can right? all objectively agree that having more hands is more better. Yeah, I could really use that to be honest. I'm yeah. not using my head for anything. Yeah, exactly. It's just like <laughs> all this empty real estate that could have extra arms sticking out of it. Right. They could they could carry things for me. They could scratch each other. I guess you could high five <laughs> yourself all the time. Right. Yeah. You could high five four or six people at one time. That's true. Assuming that four of the people were really high up. <laughs> That'd be really tall. Or they have to jump. Or you could high five one person who has four arms on their head. Six times at once. Whoa. That'd be like the ultimate high five. (laughs) The highest of fives. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, my point is, wait, missed opportunity here. Lots more going on in this book than Polyjuice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the best thing they can think of to turn into is Slytherin people. Yeah. Ugh, lame. Who would you turn into if you could do Polyjuice Potion? Scarlett Johansson. So you could just look at your body? And 
be oh, a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, be a millionaire. Be God, well Alice, respected and be, successful. Be a successful actor. With I think like she's an million. Oscar winner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's definitely what you were thinking of. Because that seems like you, Jeff. It seems like you'd really want to live the life of an Oscar winner. <laughs> Depends on the Oscar winner. Mm. You have an ass like Scarlett Johansson, I would. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Micah? Uh, that's a good question. Who would I be? Because the thing about a polygist potion is you, you don't get any of their talent. You don't get any of their abilities. You just mm-hmm. get to be them for a little bit. That's not, that's not actually all that useful to me, you know? Mm. Uh, I mean, so, it's probably somebody, you know, famous or powerful or something. I don't know. Maybe I'd, I'd be the president. The current president? I'd be oh, the current president. Oh, shit. You would, yeah. you would do that to yourself? I would do that to myself. For our country. For our country. Because he yeah. loves our country. You could do so much good. I could do so much good. And it like with a few hours and like some cameras and some, you know, media, I could do Yeah, I I, I feel like I'd be the president for a few hours and get myself fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Yeah. What about you, Alice? Who'd you what would you be? Oh you... shit. I mean the president's a pretty good one, but honestly, like Aziz Ansari. His life seems amazing. He travels around. He meets cool people. Um, he's funny. I've just been watching a lot of Parks and Rec, so that might be why I really <laughs> thought of him. Well, I mean, it'd only be for a few hours, I guess, right? Yeah. I don't know. It'd be cool. You get to go hang out with interesting people. That's true. Yeah. Or it's probably a lot of cool friends. Or whoever Chris Pratt is currently sticking it to. It's <laughs> Schwarzenegger's daughter? Uh, but in addition to the Polly Just Potion books, they determine that they're going to have to steal some... Uh, ingredients, which means they're going to be a heist within a heist. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, they're going to have to get some sort of body parts of the people they want to turn into. Oh, I was thinking more about the ingredients, but that too. Oh, yeah, that too. The boom slang skin and the, what was the other thing that it was really hard to come up? Oh, bicorn horns. Whatever that is. Yeah. Is that a unicorn with two horns? Yeah. A bicorn? Yeah, I think so. Right, yeah. That's, is that just a Is ball? that a thing? It's, a, it's just like an elk, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called a bicorn. Not impossible to find. Sure. But anyway, it's time for a Quidditch game. Because we, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we learned it's going to take a month to make this potion. So, I guess we're just going to come back to that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just going to set that over. Another here. reason this is a bad plan. <laughs> In a montage or a jump cut or something, or let's go play Quidditch. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's the first Quidditch game with Malfoy as Seeker, and things are not going well. One of the Bludgers is acting super weird. Yeah, introducing Harry's third stalker in this book, the Bludger. <laughs> the Bludger. <laughs> really wants to be Harry's friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just chasing Harry around and beating on him. Yeah, which they're not supposed to do. They're supposed to just go for whoever happens to be closest, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what yeah. it seems to be, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't work out well. Um... Harry gets smacked by the bludger and breaks his arm, but he also catches the snitch somehow. Yeah, I think we've discussed this before, but can I just say that Quidditch really isn't a sport suitable for children? Like, the mm-hmm. bludgers are, if a bludger is going fast enough and hard enough to, like, snap your arm like a twig, yeah. like, this could kill you in one shot, right? Well, like, something it, that they can't heal. In the first place, isn't it kind of weird to have uh, uh, instruments that you have to have to play the game? Their only job is to try to hurt you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. 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 So the you'd expect there to be a lot of Quidditch ghosts wandering around, right? <laughs> exactly. People with like, like smashed heads. How mm-hmm. often do people die playing Quidditch? I, they never really talk about this, but I bet it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you just fall off your broom, right? So sometimes they're like 50, 60 feet up in the air. If you fall from 50 or 60 feet, you're going to die, right? Well, I think they have people at the games there who like if somebody's falling, you can use magic to keep them from falling. I suppose so, but I mean, like, what about during practice if no one sees it happen? I mean, someone's yeah. gonna die, right? Yeah. 
Probably. Uh, so yeah, sure enough, Harry does win the game, but at terrible cost to his arm, snaps it like a twig, real bad. Yeah. And along comes his dear friend Gilderoy Lockhart to try and fix it for him. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he does fix the break in his arm by removing all the bones. Yeah. No more broken bone. Problem solved. I love, right. I love this. This is just like it. Uh, you know, I'm a programmer, so that's just like a programmer. There, I fixed it, checked it in, marked the bug, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remove the bug. But you said you didn't want any broken bones, and so now there's no broken bones. <laughs> Be more clear next time. Yeah. But Should poor, have clear documentation. Poor Harry is in the hospital, regrowing the bones in his arm, and Dobby shows up. With Skelly Grow. Skelly Grow. <laughs> that's the, the yeah. stuff yeah. they use. Add, add to the list, right? Things that can regrow your bones. Hey, right? She says she can heal broken bones in seconds. Mm-hmm. Just add that to the list, right? Yeah. Reasons that the wizards are terrible. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Dobby shows up and says, now the Chamber of Secrets is open. So he, he verifies that there is a Chamber of Secrets. True. And is still trying to ha- tell Harry that he has to get out of there. And, of course, that doesn't work. Well, yeah. he also reveals that he's the one who did the bludger. Yep. That's right. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and the, uh, the wall at the station. That yeah. Oh, to quarters. keep them, that's right, to keep them from getting on the train to go to Hogwarts. That's right. You know that, You know what I think? Mm. I think Dobby is the thing inside the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, shit. I think he got out. He's what a escaped. twist. <laughs> what a twist. Hey. <laughs> like, okay, I have, to, I have to, like, I have to stop this here, because the, the platform thing, okay, cool. You know, that's, that's an effective plan. But he was going to, like, mutilate Harry Potter to save him? That, this is getting, like, irritating to me, like... Dobby's thing is like starting to piss me off a little bit. Like it's frustrating to read it because like this is a, like there's no way this is a good plan. There's no way this is like a positive thing for Harry, right? And that's supposedly what Dobby's out for. He's been torturing him because remember he also kept Harry from receiving all his letters from his friends for the entire summer mm-hmm. too, which made Harry yeah, slip into like, this like it's deep emotional depression. and physical torture. Yeah. It is. If this if this house elf really wanted to help Harry Potter, just hang out with him, right? Like. He's this powerful, like, creature thing. Protect Harry Potter. Use your magic for, like, protecting him instead of, like, trying to kill him all the time. I, I don't know. believe a single thing Dobby says. Ah, uh, you think he's, like... I think this is all... I, I don't know why he's doing what he's doing. If he is doing it, I think that, that his his spiel about how, oh, I have to do this to protect you or something mm-hmm. is BS. Oh, yeah. wow, interesting. And then we find there's another another victim who's been petrified. It's Colin Creevy. Thank goodness it's a kid this time. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, As opposed okay. to another animal. Important right. question. Did they hang him from anything? It <laughs> would have been really funny. Totally valid question. Imagine he's hanging from a torch sconce and his camera's like kind of hanging from him <laughs> off his neck. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. But he has his camera and they try to open it up and the camera just melts. And so Albus says, this means the Chamber of Secrets is indeed open again. That's right. So Dumbledore does know about this. Yeah. Hey, just talk to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Open again, right? So was it, is he referring to when it was first created or has it been opened recently? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Recent we, don't years. we don't know. This would be a great time for Harry Potter to just have a little powwow. With He's Dumbledore. there in the room. You could just be like, There's uh, nobody oh. there but him, Dumbledore, and McGonagall oh, and, and just... Petrified Creepy. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't. Yeah, as we established, we don't know whether whether Colin Creepy can listen. It's probably extremely painful. He yeah. can't hear over the pain. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another thing. Um, Harry talks about how they talk about how painful it is for him to regrow his bones. Do they not have anesthesia in the magic world? That's a good question. Wizard anesthesia or they any really sort should, of pain right? medication? 
Yeah, they didn't. She didn't give him any Tylenol or anything. <laughs> yeah, she just left him there. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be a rough night, kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe leave him some aspirin. You or may something. want to bite yeah, down right? on this. And what do they do if someone has a kidney stone? You, uh, I assume that's something they can just magic out of you without going off the hard Kidneys, way. They're extremely painful, right? Yeah, kidney stonus extractus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. They, they we, I don't believe we've heard any. Uh, reference to anything, but I would assume there'd be some kind of potion, right? Like a potion. They've got potions that make you sleep. They've got potions that do all kinds of things. I would assume they'd have one that would make it so you don't hurt. But... I don't think we've ever heard of a potion for pain. Hmm. Throughout the entire series, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Only ones that make pain, not, not stop pain, huh? Are there potions that get you high? Probably. Definitely potions that get you high. That's like the first thing the wizards invented. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, we do have. Uh, an entire we have we do have an entire house at Hogwarts that's called Hufflepuff and they're like oh yeah super, Hufflepuff Fest. yeah they hanging out <sighs> Hufflepuff has the best parties yeah they yeah. they they have the head of their house is the herbology lady that's right I yeah. love Hufflepuff that stupid right, but... hat would probably put me in Ravenclaw I I hope I'd be Hufflepuff is that a humble brag <laughs> I'm just so smart is the thing <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's just like really you guys smart always telling me I'm Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah, it's us, right? People are always telling me that I'm really smart. <laughs> and I'd probably be in Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. And remember, Hufflepuff is also right next to the kitchens. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. the best snacks. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I would want to be in Hufflepuff. I know. Me too. That'd be amazing. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering chapters 11 through 14 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Michael Spartan. I still don't have one of those. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions, co- comments, or feedback, you can drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. Uh, please share us with anybody who you think would like this. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. And until next time, Finite, Finite Podcast. podcast.